times. That's awesome. Well, great announcements. I just want to reiterate just the importance of that marriage seminar. If you are someone, you know, during this time where you've had a couple of months where you are in close proximity with your spouse and you're noticing some different cracks, it's just a great investment in your, in your life, in your marriage, if you uh, spend time in that marriage seminar next weekend. The really cool thing is if you register for it, but you're like, hey, I can't actually participate in it live, you can register for it and then just watch the videos after the fact. So, uh, you know, take the, take the opportunity to grow in your marriage and to uh, just be able to you know, be strong together. So, I am really looking forward to the message today. We are going to be talking about mastering your emotions. And really, we're going to talk about feelings. We're going to talk about us living as disciples from a place of love, joy, and peace. So, you know, I don't know about yourself, but... I know growing up, for me, I grew up here in Canada, I grew up with fairly liberal values, and emotions and feelings were something that was, I thought, directed your life, you know, and so how I felt, really, I thought was who I was, and it's a very common philosophy, actually, in our culture that we are a people that are, that are driven by our emotions. And you hear it even creeping into our language, where we talk about how we feel. We talk about the fact that, you know, well, I feel this. But we're not actually even talking about a feeling. We have an opinion, but we talk about it as a feeling. And it's a very subtle thing in language, but it actually comes from a, a whole mindset that we've adopted as a society. And, you know, you are not your feelings. And I want you to repeat that, that, that you are not your feelings. Because you really are not. We cannot be. If we're a people that are driven by our feelings, then we're going to be, as Scripture says, we're going to be tossed back and forth by the wind. We're going to be like infants because we are not meant to be driven by our feelings. We're actually meant to master our feelings. You know, in a time like this, where things are really out of our control, you know, our lives have been completely turned, I'm going to say upside down, but in some cases, it's very much for the better, but our routines have been disrupted. It's been a couple of months now where things are very different, and we have no idea when they're going to go back and be anything like they were before. We're not even sure in a couple of months what things are going to look like for us, and that can be a very uh, scary thing. It can be a concerning thing, but I, I want to tell you that you doesn't have to be that way for you. You know, just because you feel out of control doesn't mean that you are. And just because you don't know what's going to happen doesn't mean that, that you have to give in to feelings of fear and anxiety or depression. You know, we don't actually, the amazing thing as disciples of Jesus is we don't have to be in control. Actually, part of our whole demeanor is us saying, okay, Lord, we want, we're surrendering to you you get to be in control. And this is so key for us. You know, this is absolutely essential for us to understand. Otherwise, we really will. We'll have no, we'll have no sure foundation on which to stand. And this comes into every area of our life. You know, we get so mixed up in even topics like love. You know, where love we look at as a feeling, but it's so much more. But if you look at how it's presented in media, in art, in culture, a love is presented as an emotion, a desire. It's like, you know, and we mix up love with lust. And so it's like, I desire something, and so thus I must have it. But every, every desire we have, can you imagine what life would be like if every human was just walking around fulfilling whatever desire they had at that moment in time? 
It doesn't make any sense, does it? We actually have laws in place to restrict people from fulfilling certain desires that they have. We've put those in place so that people won't just be led by their feelings. But, you know, it's this bigger thing is actually understanding what love is. Because, you know, the scripture I want to read for us today, and it's kind of the foundational scripture for this talk, is Galatians 5, 22, and 23. And now I know you've likely, if you've been going to church, if you've been at Life as you've heard this before, but I want you not to check out when actually read along with me. It's going to be up on the screen. Okay, so the, the scripture is, Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit, of the, Holy, the fruit the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. So again, I want to read that again. But the fruit the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. It is being patient, kind, and good. It's being faithful and gentle and having control of oneself. So again, it's being patient, kind, and good. It's being faithful and gentle and having control of oneself. I think we're having sound problems. I have the sound guys like going at me on things. Are we, are we good? We're good? Okay, amazing. So um, I'm glad. It, you know, it's a wonderful thing. We are filming this part of things live this morning, and anything can go wrong just like it can on a Sunday morning. So thank you for, uh, for bearing with us if there's been any sound difficulties. But, you know, we're not going to be thrown by that because we're not being led by our emotions, right? <laughs> so, so as I was saying, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. Now, if we don't understand these as so much bigger than just feelings, then we are going to, we're going to have a real problem. Now, let me give you an example, okay? So, you know, imagine you're in a meeting and you've been trying to, you know, you're really annoyed at somebody in that meeting. Maybe you're, you're in a business meeting or you're in a workplace or in school and there's someone there and they're like, man, that person just drives me crazy, but you're really proud of yourself because, well, you know what, I could tell them off because I can't believe the stuff they're saying. I could tell them off, but I didn't. You know, look at the self-control I have. And that's, and that, you know, we can, we, to a certain degree, from a worldly standpoint, we congratulate ourselves for things like that. But actually, you know, when we give our life to Jesus, he's wanting to transform our entire heart, right, from the inside out. So it's actually that where we want to get to is a place where before we're annoyed by that person, that we actually have got God's perspective on that person or that situation so that we don't even get to the place of being annoyed. And Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about, you know, hey, look, it's great. It's said in the law that you're not to murder, you know, and, and wonderful that you're not doing that. But actually, the truth is, is that you shouldn't even have anger towards your brother in the heart, your heart. And, and that's, man, that's a, it seems like an unattainable standard. And to be honest, without Jesus, it is a completely unattainable standard because we're still going to have these thoughts and fleshly opinions. But as we surrender more and more to God, as we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and be renovating our hearts and transforming us, we actually can get to this place where we have God's perspective on people. And so the same grace that God has for us, we have for them, and we're literally forgiving them before they even do something that we find offensive. So let's get back to this thing of love, joy, and peace. Because the only way you can live, as I just described, is that we live in a foundation of love, joy, and peace. And these things are completely interconnected. And they are the key to us mastering our emotions. And so when we talk about love, 
we've got to talk about love from God's perspective. And, you know, you'll see in scripture, it says God is love, which is very true. The problem is if we make that an emotion, if we go, oh, well, so God is the emotion of love. It's not that God is the emotion of love. It's that God is love and what the essence of love is, which is willing to do good to another. That, and that is God. It's his perspective. He always wants good. He created the earth. And in Genesis, it talks about the fact he created the earth and he said it was good. And so he, even in his creation, he, he called his creation good. He made you and me and every other human in his image. And he calls us good. Now we live, when we're outside of a relationship with Jesus, when we're outside of the restoration that that brings to us, we live in a not good state. But in God's eyes, he still created us as good and wants to restore us to that good and perfect place. So this first thing of love is understanding that God is good because God is love and love is good. And it wills good for you. It's always willing the best for you. It's always willing what is good for you. Now the best for you from God's perspective may not be what you think the best is. But what you can trust in is that as your mind is being renewed. That you, your mind will actually line up with God's will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. As your mind is transformed. Romans 12. And as that happens, you'll actually start to see things from a different perspective and recognize actually that everything God is doing, he is working towards his good and your good. And so when we understand love from this perspective, we understand it that God is wanting good for our lives. It becomes a whole different of trust. And, you know, when we can receive God's love like that and go, okay, God always wants what's good and best for me. Then when we reflect that love back to God, we're able to like, God, you love me that way. And I want what is good and best in your kingdom, in your world. If you want what is good and best for me, I want what is good and best for you. And so the second thing of love is us loving God back with the same love that he pours out in us, which is always wanting God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will to come about. And the third part of this love, which is amazing, is that we would then, we would then love others. Right? With the same love that God has for us. So we would love them from a place of grace. We would love them from a place of, we want our other brothers and sisters, uh, those that, uh, that know Jesus, that are surrendered to God, we want what's good for them as well. The same good that comes to us, we want that good for them. We want them to be blessed in the same way that we're being blessed. And we know that God's got a perfect will for our life and for their life. And we want to love them to the fullness of that. We want them to live in and experience all that is good. And the amazing thing in that, because we're doing that within community, and this is where church community is so important, being in a community of people that love God, that love Jesus. Because as we love our brother and sister that way, then we're able to experience them loving us back in the same way. Because if they are loving God and experiencing God's love through God and through us, they're going to love us back in the same way if they're also disciples of Jesus. So it's this incredible thing of love. This, it's a place of amazing security when Christian community is working well. It's in a place of amazing security when, when we, our relationship with God is one where we understand that God is love and that God is that means that God is good towards us and that he always wants what's good for us okay, so the second thing you can't so if you don't understand God in that way you're not going to live in joy and you're not going to live in peace but when you understand God that way and you're experiencing God in that way because you believe God to be that way 
then suddenly you start actually having joy. Now, joy, again, it's not just a feeling. Joy is a state of delight. And that state of delight, it's not just about being delighted because you're getting your way or things are going the way you want to, but as you develop this peace in your relationship with God, this peace in who you are and who God is, then you're able to live in a place of, of, of just delight. You know, it's like, man, you know, even in the worst of circumstances, you can delight because its circumstances aren't determining where your joy comes from. It tells us in scripture that the joy of the Lord is our strength and our joy starts being drawn from God. We start living from that place of joy in everything that we do. So when we're in these circumstances like we are in today, for example, where, man, the world seems turned upside down. We have no idea, you know, what life is going to look like over the summer, what it's going to look like next year. We have no idea when things are going to return to any type of what we understood as normal a few months ago or if they even will. We, will, we can sit there and go, you know what, regardless, I'm going to have joy in these circumstances. I really, maybe you're experiencing some really difficult hardship, you know, and, and there's a number of people, like uh, in the last little while, I've had literally hundreds of people from around the world add me on Facebook. I don't particularly know why, but as I, you know, have all these different people in my feeds, you see what's going on around the world, and you see the hardship and the difficulty, and really, I, 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 we have, I have nothing to complain about here in Canada when I look at what's going on in some places and the suffering that some people are going through in this time. And, and it may seem from here where I'm standing, uh, if, if I use my emotions, would go, well, I have nothing to say for the people that are in that circumstance. But the truth is, if you're in those terrible circumstances, God is the same for you. And he still wants the best for you. And you can completely trust that. And even in your suffering in these things, God will, as you persevere through that, he is going to take you through that into something amazing. And I don't just say that glibly or lightly. I say that because that is God. You know, regardless of the circumstance we're going through, no matter how difficult they are or how easy our God is the same. But he is forming and shaping us through these different times. And we can, we can have joy despite whatever it is that we're going through. And that leads us to this last thing of peace. And peace isn't just a feeling. Again, it's, it's a condition. Just like love is, just like joy is, peace, it's not just f- having a feeling of peace. But a feeling of peace comes from being living in a state of peace. And it's going in a state of going, hey, I am at peace with God, and God is at peace with me through Jesus. Again, I want you to, to think about this, that you are at peace with God and God is at peace with you because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that doesn't change regardless of the circumstances around you. It doesn't change regardless of how people treat you. It doesn't change regardless of whether you're experiencing difficulty and hardship in this time, to what degree that difficulty and hardship is. God still is at peace with you. And we've got to remember we're living for eternity. We're not living for here. So the peace that God is, is putting into our lives, we don't have to live in this thing of fear. Because that's the opposite of peace. It's really, it's, it's fear is the opposite of peace. Uh, there's a number of different conditions that are the opposite of peace. Now, sometimes to live at peace, it requires us to do uncomfortable things. Like you can be a person of peace and still have to confront evil. You know, being, wanting things to be peaceful doesn't mean that we just sit back and let whatever happen, happen. It's being at peace that regardless of what happens, God is in control. And if we understand that God is good, 
You know, it's, it's this thing of looking, like we talked about in the last few weeks, Psalm 23. I mean, what an incredible description of God. And God can lead you into that green pasture and beside quiet waters and restore your soul. Even, as it says in that scripture, he can set your table while you're in the midst of your enemies. So while you're in the midst of terrible circumstances, while you're in the midst of suffering, you can find supernatural peace with God. When you, you know, maybe you're in a place right now and going, I don't know what's happening with my job. I know maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, my kids, I've I've been at home with them for now for X number of months. I don't know how we keep doing this. I don't know what's going to happen in September if they don't go back in school. You can find peace in the midst of all of that and have God's perspective on the situation. Regardless of what it is, you can have his peace. But you won't have his peace if you don't understand his love for you. If you're not living in a place of delight in him, you won't have peace without those pieces. Pardon the pun, the, the, the wording. You know. So all the, these things are so connected together. But this is how our emotions are mastered as followers of Jesus. Because the opposite of this is us not living from the truth of who God is, and living from a place of love and a place of joy and a place of peace, and instead being blown here, there, because we feel something. You know, we feel scared. We feel fear. We feel hungry. We feel we feel out of control. And as soon as those things take over, we we actually need to be incredibly critical of those feelings. We need to be able to step back. It's part of our. Are, as disciples of Jesus, we've got to be able to step back from those emotions and go, hold on, what's going on here? If I'm feeling, if I'm feeling anything that's listed in Galatians and other scriptures that are not the fruit of the Spirit, anything like anger, you know, lust, uh, fear, jealousy, contempt for people, we've got to step back from that and say, hold on, God, that's not your perspective, so what's going on? Give me your perspective on this. And, you know, what I'm saying, if you experience those things, listen, I experience those things at times. I'm learning more and more. And amazingly, you know, I look at myself this month, and I'm better than I was last month, and I'm better than I was a couple of years ago. And, man, I'm a totally different person than I was five to ten years ago. And so we're always growing in our ability to do this, but we want to always grow in it. Because you are meant to actually live above your feelings. You'll never, you're always going to have them. And the wrong thing to do, like we don't just try to, to repress them or control them. We've got to replace them. So if I have someone that generally is angry or generally fearful, um, then I can't just go, I'm not going to be fearful or I'm not going to be angry and things change. We can't acknowledge that those things are wrong, but we've got to come back to this place of the truth of who God is. We actually need to start looking at scripture and going, okay, hold on. I need Jesus's perspective I need to see who God was through Jesus. I need to see who God is through scripture. And, and I need to remember. I need to remember God's goodness. I need to remember that I don't, whatever this thing that's making me angry, I, I need to step back from that. Whatever this thing that's making me fearful, I've got to step back from that. And I need God's perspective on this situation. And you, you name the negative emotion. And God will, you know, you can, you can hand that to God. You can ask him to come in. And he supernaturally comes in and brings transformation as we partner with him in this way for change. So you do not have to be mastered by your emotions. You get to master them. 
And that's the, the beauty of us as disciples. This is part of our journey. So remember last week, we were ta- in the last couple of weeks, we've talked about having a vision. We've been having an intention and having a means. I want you to have a vision as we leave today. A vision of who you are in Jesus. A vision of, of you living not mastered by your emotion, but living completely free of them. And you living in a place where, you living in a place, there's all kinds of things happening in the background, I'm getting totally thrown, so it's all good. But So let's start that again, okay? I want you to have a vision of you living in a place that, that every day you're living in a place of love, of joy, and of peace. That's the vision I want for you. And now I want you to be intentional in saying, I'm going to question any feeling or emotion that comes up that, that is the opposite of love, joy, and peace. That's the intention. You know, and also be intentional in immersing yourself in Scripture, studying what the Bible says about love, joy, and peace. Read books on this stuff. You know, be like, I've got to develop these more in my life. Be intentional about it. You know, and then the means are there. And that the means are the study of scripture, praying about it, asking God, to just inviting him in. Every time you have that negative emotion, invite him into it and say, Lord, help me with this. I don't want to feel this way. Give me your perspective. Help me to change. And you'll be amazed at the change that happens in your life. Awesome. Well, I don't know if we've got the final video. We had a little bit of problems. We, we, we do have it. Awesome. We have the final, the closing video, so I will send this back to Lee. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Listen, if you have any comments on the preach or any questions, send them in the chat. Send them through to us at info at lifehouse.ca. Send them to me on social media. Would love your feedback. Would love to hear how you're growing as a disciple. (laughs) Have an amazing week. Well, we really hope that you have enjoyed your time together with us today. It's been fantastic to connect online together with you. Please remember, if there is anything that we can assist you with, please get in contact with us at info at lifehouse.ca. Please remember that if you have any prayer requests as well, please send them through. We have the most amazing online prayer team. They are on it. All I have to do is submit a prayer request and honestly, within five minutes, one of the beautiful team members have usually sent through some kind of response or some kind of prayer or a scripture that they are declaring over that situation. So don't hold back. If you have a need, it is our pleasure and our privilege to pray for you. We are all in this together. We are the body of Christ and we stand shoulder to shoulder together in all circumstances. So don't be afraid to send through those prayers requests, we will be praying for you. If this is the first time that you have